Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you have a company, an organizational set of values, they're shared. They have to be shared not only by the vision. The visionary has to share them out Mm -hmm. and their key influencing team actually has to catch them and elevate them and share them out. And then you have to share them with your vendors. And then you have to share them with your customers. Mm -hmm. Because every time we have a conversation that's like, okay, tell me about your best customer. Why do they love you? You know, and if I'm talking to one of those left brain guys, I'll be like, why did they give you $10 million last year right. or whatever? Like, yes, different conversations for different things, but we're getting to the emotion of it. And trust me, I have worked with some of the emotionless CEOs ever saying we're not, emo- you know, we're not full of emotion. I'm like, really? All yeah. you care about is making my life easy, easy. Yeah. How is that not emotional? I am attached to doing things easy. You make my life easier. Your whole company is emotional. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershaz, and I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine is about two things. Number one, people are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world. Doing both of these despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now, so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life, business, and career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a CEO to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. Guys, welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. And my gosh, do we have an amazing guest today in my friend, Fran Bitterman Gross. Thank you for coming. Uh, anytime. Um, I'm sure we're going to do this again, by the way. I know. Yeah, Did yeah. I? Is it Bitterman or Biterman? I don't want to get it wrong. It's Biterman, but that's okay. Be- Biterman. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, <laughs> the other pronunciation, Biterman. All right. Mershazde, like everyone messes that up. So I, 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 I wasn't going to try. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, the, that's why my, my website's The Real Darius. It's not The Real Day. Guys, the format of the show is quite simple. We're bringing together change makers who are living their passions to create greatness in the world. And Fran is neither short of greatness nor passion. She is chock full of both. And I'm so, so proud to have her here. A couple things. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping and then we're going to jump right into the show. Uh, look, we're live. I got my team on standby. Start a watch party. Um, this is going to be really amazing. Great talk. 
every single time Fran and I chat offline, we're like, oh my God, we should record this or something because it's such an amazing interaction. So uh, you'll be really uh, disappointed if you leave early. So stick around because it's going to be live and you get to ask questions of a pretty amazing, a professional and a stupendous woman in the name of Fran Biederman. Gross. So uh, I, I like to make up my own little ditties when it comes to people's bios. Are you cool with that? Oh, go to town. Yeah, it's not that special because your bio is so awesome. I'm just, I, I'm just going to, I kind of just ripped it off. But I say that you are an entrepreneur, founder, and amazing CEO of your award-winning company, Advantage. I, I took that from your website, but I put it, I threw a few extra words it's in Okay, there. it's Advantages for the record. Advantages. Oh, my God. <laughs> what an what an ass I am. <laughs> no, it's just being real. I love uh, it. No, it's good. I corrected it, though. So now I put the S in there. I was moving fast. You're the co-author of How to Lead a Professional Services Firm. Why don't I just show it so the, the damn book? Because it is fucking <laughs> awesome. Three Keys to Unlock Purpose and Profit. And you've worked with some of the top companies in the world, unlocking their purpose and profits. And you're an expert when it comes to core values, which you and I both know I fucking love. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, wait a minute. One back at you. Gee, do, do, do you love do you love core values? Really? Oh, oh I didn't I know, know that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like a book baby. <laughs> um, Fran, just don't give birth to yours just before a pandemic. That's all I can tell you. I, I know. I know. Mine's like coming like around the bend. So how are you doing, my dear? I am fantastic today because I'm here with you. And, you know, core values are really kind of like my favorite topic. So yeah. Yeah. This just is, saying. This is, this is like core value sexy time. We're like talking... <laughs> Like, like you and I both have like a major lust for the core values. So uh, we're going to get deep into that. So like the reason I picked, uh, uh, I, I was like, dude, you're like this badass New Yorker. And whenever <laughs> I think of that, of that, um, that Sinatra song, I'm like, dude, this is like the, if I was like some badass New Yorker girl, like <laughs> the song, this would be my theme song. So uh, yeah, that's why I picked that song. It just, you're just such a badass. Oh, so. thanks, Darius. I'm, I'm really just Fran. But, you know, yeah, trust me, my, my family thinks I'm literally just Fran, but that's okay. You know, I, I'll believe it when I see it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk, like, what, what's what been going on in your world? We got the pandemic. You got advantages kicking ass and taking names. You got the book. Like, let's let, where do you want to start? Um, I guess with a dose of reality, right? So we're all, I don't know, I think bracing for a second wave. I Look. Here's what's constant change, period. Sure. So we have to just be agile enough to figure out how we can be steady with a true north to lead through the constant changing landscape. And you know, there is nothing, nothing better than having a true north and some values to help you do that. But uh listen, I am just like you, my ass absolutely got kicked on you know, with the pandemic and clients, you know, everybody's in a tailspin. I will say that for those who have gone through this, I'm going to say grief period, right? Every there's, there's a process to grief. Everybody goes through it slightly differently, but you've got all the components. Once you're kind of through it and you can embrace where you're going, even if you don't know exactly where that is, it's, you can be settled in an unsettled you know, landscape, which is really where I, I feel 
I feel very confident and strong about our position into the wild west of the unknown. And that's, you know, I, I would say that's where we are right now. So, so you look at your, 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 a, an agency in your work and, and I, and I view you as a, a growth agency. I, I don't know if that's the way you see yourself, but exactly. Okay. Okay. Good, good. Cause I guess, cause I think that there are branding and, and marketing agencies that are, you know, coming in and, and, and I'm going to say this because, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think the word, when you say the words like purpose and values, people, some people are like, uh-huh. And, and, and then there's the other constituents that eyes kind of glaze over a little and they think you're talking about culture and bullshit and they don't, it's like, it's, it's really weird. Cause it's like, I'm like, I, you say it to me and I'm like, uh-huh, that's all, that's how you crush it. Right. Like, like that's how you grow like crazy and do it really well. And I'm really like, it's like adding massive amounts of steroids to the business when it's done well. So I always think I'm like, that's where you want to be. That's your centering for getting out of trouble. That's your centering for growing. That's your centering for fixing problems. So I guess my question for you is being a growth agency and and you're in New York too, right? So I know you're a worldwide business, but you're in New York, which means you're at the eye of the freaking storm when, which I don't know. I I think God has a thing against New York where he just likes to fuck with New York a lot. That's just my guess. So Um, so I like to say that I'm I actually said this yesterday in a different uh, podcast uh, live piece that, you know, I'm really grateful that God has given me more lives than a cat. Although I really hope that this is the last time I go to zero and back, but I've, we've, you know, we've risen from, you know, dead by design, not because, you know, not death by things you can't control, but I've, you know, experienced some tremendous, you know, tremendous personal loss in my life uh, early in my earlier years. And I've just experienced it all from, you know, I've just run the gamut. And, you know, this, this pandemic, and I, like you, I, I went through the emotion of it and there's no question. There's, there's an, there's a ground zero-ness. I don't know, maybe it's the New York tough stuff that we really are resilient and made of because we really do know how to come together as a community to get through really difficult times. And I've, I, there's a pattern here. I've seen it. I've lived through it. I've experienced it. And because I've experienced it before there was, um, there was an optimism. And I mean, I'm, I, I consider myself an incredibly positive person, but there really was an eternal optimism going, okay, this is going to be okay. Somehow, some way, somewhere, parts of this are never going to be okay. But some of this is going to, there are silver linings. You know, if you can, you know, find the calm in your, I say purpose, in your true north of what really gives you energy, if you can devote that time that you have to that energy that, you know, really drives you to get out of bed every day. It's the energy that drives you that you want to do that. And if you can focus that energy on doing those things that make a difference, the world that you dream about will inevitably be a better place. Will it come true? Maybe, right? Those are very big, hairy, audacious goals we set for ourselves. And people achieve them because they dare, right? They they minimize fear. They're confident in their communications and where they're going. And they're clear so that other people can, can join them in the process. And that's the gift, you know, that we have to be still at this moment. I have never 
been given, I mean, I've never allowed myself to take the time to completely disconnect. Uh, the world did it for me. I had no choice. Mm -hmm. I I came into work every day. I wrote things on the wall, how I was feeling, what, and then there was a, I wrote the date down, but it was late April, mid, mid to April, late April, that something just clicked for me. There's an opportunity here. Let's find it. What if, what if I really intentionally went to zero and I could reimagine the business with all that we, what would I focus on? Where would I bring exponential value? What could I change? And I, I mean, I don't know if you can see, but like, I literally am surrounded by whiteboards and we, we paneled in whiteboards. So I write literally all over the office. So, and I was here alone for months, months alone. I was completely alone in our physical office space every single day. And I needed to be here. I needed to be here surrounded by the creativity, connected through Zoom with our team on a daily basis, relentlessly. We, are, we connect every day. And um, there's so much opportunity in the world right now, even amidst chaos. And there always is. The question is, where are you going to find it? Yeah, it's, it's so true. And we were, I, I had, a, uh, I don't know if you know, the three CEOs or EO guys that are kind of touring around right now. They're on the show a lot. And we were talking about that. I want to say something, though, going back to earlier, one of your comments. And, and I want you to just say it again, because you were talking about really this it sounded like how people feel when they're in, with in, when they're aligned with their purpose and values or, and how and, and then you went from there to saying like you know we do it and then we take the bold step to hit the goal that, that was kind of what i took away from what you were saying but it sounded like you're talking about this like being in in the right place and doing the right things and you know having alignment around purpose and values is that what i was hearing you talk about because that's what i heard yeah you know it takes a lot of courage to stand up for something you believe in. As we're seeing social injustice at this moment in time, really to, to have a great effort to tackle, you know, to, to really tackle that. And if we really band together in a unified way, we're going to probably make some really great progress, um, more than we have, you know, in years and decades past. There's an opportunity now to unify and to do that. However, you have to know really what's important to you. Defining that is a hell of a slog, to quote my co-author, Don Scales, because, mm -hmm. you know, you really have to do the deep, hard work. Now, it doesn't have to take a year. It doesn't have to be excruciating. You have to do it in small doses, but you have to do it. It's with grieving, right? With grief. You can't skip the steps. They might go in a different order for you, but you can't skip them. It's just proven fact. I mean, I wish I could pull up a bunch of quotes, but you, you can't skip it. You have to go through it. You have to experience it. Some are deeper, some are shallower, but you don't skip them. You can't skip the work. You have to do the work. And when you can identify the things that really give you energy, the dreams that you really want to accomplish, the things that you're absolutely willing to sacrifice your time, the most our most valuable asset we can never get back, and dedicate to doing something that moves that needle just ever so slightly. When you can get clear about those things, it's unbelievable the ride you can have, right? This is, to your point, there's exponential value in unifying a team through values. Right. 
So I, I wanted you to say all those words again, and I'm a word junkie. So like, because th- there's a lot of feelings that listeners probably feel. And when you say those, and when you say this living in your values and the energy you feel and getting up in the morning and doing something you believe in, like no one can argue that those are like the most powerful feelings we can have more or less as human beings, right? For ourselves, well, maybe love. And but I would say love's even part of that, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason I bring that up is that I find that there's this massive binary disconnect between that, which you just said, and people building organizations to make that come true. And I'm not saying everyone does it. I'm saying there is a large, I think early adopters are doing it. But I think when, again, going back to the words, I wanted you to say it because the way it it felt when you said Mm -hmm. it, right? And I'm like, the point that I always make with people is I'm like, that, what Fran just did, is why you want to build a mission, vision, values-based organization. Because if you can get a bunch of people, by the way, like, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? Like, what job did you want to have? Oh, I just, I always had entrepreneurial aspirations. Okay. so so, so, As my father would say, I was completely unemployable. Okay, so cool. So, so you yeah. knew you wanted to run a business when you were mm-hmm. like fourth grade. All right, yeah, that that mm-hmm. I I, I kind of did too. I, if you would ask me, then I would have said copycat. Wanted... You just like my answer. No, well, my <laughs> no, dad was kidding. Gonna... No, 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 no. I I I'm going to say what I what my answer was, but the underlying reason was the same. I used to tell people I wanted to have a Lamborghini and be a lawyer because I thought lawyers were rich. So, mm-hmm. so the intention, I, and I and I, I didn't, and so I didn't really think of it in terms of being self-employed. I thought of it in terms of being wealthy, right? But my dad was an entrepreneur, so there wasn't like it wasn't like I'm going to go get a job working for a company. That was not like that was never on the list. Like that was never like like I never even considered it, right? So um, anyway, I did want to bring that up though, because when you were saying those words, the point I wanted to make was that. I want every single person out there, whether it's you yourself or you are an employer and you have employees, close your eyes and imagine every single person, including yourself, wants that. And we have this opportunity in business to create a magnet for that, for people to come be a part of. And that's where I'm like, that's where the growth and the juice is. You know, Darius, I'm actually going to disagree with you. A, it makes a better show. But but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I I disagree with you fundamentally that they should close our eyes and dream about it. I think it's really their responsibility to do it. Fair enough. Um, enough. Number one, number two, not only is it their responsibility to themselves to live a more fulfilling life, et cetera, they have to deliver that for their teams. True. And if they can't do it with clarity, they're never going to get anywhere. Right. Last I checked, when you wanted to take a cross-country tour, you never got in the car with a half a tank of gas and said, hmm, I think I'll make a left here today. Like, I know where we're going. That's really in the distance, and we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. But that's not clarity. That's not, that's not where we're going. Right. And the real big disconnect for me, and I challenge, and I have no problem with my LinkedIn blowing up and my Facebook blowing up with disagreements, because I will take every one of them on and I will answer every single question. Fundamentally, I truly believe that intellectually, people really understand what purpose is. Sure. But in, in the most rudimentary way, they are not willing to get emotional about it. Mm-hmm. And I challenge CEOs to do that because it is not 
about this touchy-feely kumbaya, let's cry about it. This is about putting a stake in the ground and standing up for what you believe in. And taking the time to go through and do the deep, hard work to actually articulate it. And there are plenty of shortcuts that you don't have to spend years and books. And there's a million ways that there's some really, look, I know we do a great job of doing that, but there's really, there's some great people that can really take you through, through that process relatively quickly. And I'll tell you what, the, another fear that I say, and I challenge leaders and entrepreneurs as well on this, which is it doesn't have to be perfect, right? To quote a very wow. good friend of mine, I love Kim. She ran, was a COO of Simon Sinek Inc. for, oh gosh, over 10 years. You know, to quote her, you know, make it bad, make it better. Give yourself some permission, give yourself some latitude. And as we say, you just have to get the essence right. Getting the essence right is beyond more of the battle. You can argue over words. It doesn't matter. It the, if the essence is there, there's so many ways to translate that essence into the way that people can understand and actually align, even rally behind it. So whether it's through quotes or arguing over descriptions or really wordsmithing something in a formulaic way that is meant to empower. If it's just going to be aspirational, you're lost. You, you've missed the golden opportunity to drive profitability. I know that's what all the entrepreneurs want to hear because like as much as I love, we all love profit, but the bottom line is that if you don't provide an environment that is fulfilling, you'll never get to a maximum profitability anyway. I mean, there's probably about six or seven white papers that I could pull quotes from that repeat this over and over again. And if you email me for that, if you text me or whatever, message me or DM me or whatever, I'll give you the list. They are worth reading. And I don't understand to this moment why CEOs and leaders will not or have not taken the time to do the hard work that will just unlock all of this incredible unity and exponential results. It just, it blows my mind. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? 
That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'll tell you why they don't. You want to hear my thesis on this? I would like to hear that, actually. I actually wonder if you're going to disagree with me, which I'm like, I'm rolling up my sleeves already. Well, this is just more of my provocative statement that I think that if you look at most companies and this is changing, but it's been a a man's world and men are very left brain Mm -hmm. and they're very, and, and, and you add on top of that, that most CEOs come from a business development or an operational excellence background and you compile all that shit together and you get a bunch of left brain that's fluff bullshit. I don't want to do it. Let's go make money. Yeah, well, guess that's what? Right. What, you right. know, lazy SOBs. I just I don't know what to tell you. It is not, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. I think they don't want to do the work. I think from their business training and perspective, there's a there's a not a path of least resistance, but there is a logical path, you know, in a business development way to get from point A to point B with profitability. We're telling you, you and I are saying, um, you know, with a ton of other people that if you infuse emotion, not the touchy feely kind, but like truly deep alignment emotion and you create an environment of fulfillment and you value people's contribution, you will have exponential value being created. You'll create efficiencies, more profitability. You'll have all of it. I mean, we have case study after case study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're preaching to the choir. I'm telling All you. Right, whatever. I, I, I worked. I, I worked with a bunch of these hardcore bankers. Here's how it goes: 
cut, go cut expenses, go get more revenue. That's how we make profit. None of this touchy feely bullshit. Now I will tell you where I got, cause I figured out how to cross the chasm with these guys. You want to oh, hear how I did you. that? Yeah. I would like to hear that. All right. So I was like, I, I kind of came at it from a different angle, which was I probably fell in love with values for the same reason you did. They resonated with me for some reason. I got attracted to them. I for the emotional connection, getting people to be about about something bigger than themselves. That's why I asked you that question, which was most people want to ask them that question. Their answer is, no, I, I, I wanted to be a baseball player, a ballerina or whatever, right? They name off all these things and then here they are at a desk job as an accountant hating their job more or less or, or asleep at the wheel, kind of just grinding through life in quiet desperation, right? So this is like probably a big piece of the world. And so I, I got attracted to values and I don't know why. I, like the quote I tell people is, I didn't find values, they found me and I got nerdy about them and then here I am a few years later. Now, I, I have always had business partners though. And my business partners are not Darius. They're at least left brain, hardcore integrator business guys who are bankers. And so I was like, okay, I know this matters for this, all the reasons you said and, and, and some of my own, right? But more or less everything you said, I agree with. I got to get these guys to be cool with me investing in this because it is an investment of time, energy, and money, right? Okay, so I, I tell them I'm going to do this thing and, I, and I'm doing it all on the cheap. I'm learning it. I'm DIYing it. And this is like, I became an expert at it, at least in my own in my own mind, because I had to spend so much time doing it myself because there's no way I was hiring Fran to come in and do this in my company. Like my business partners were out of my fucking mind if I wanted to spend money on this stuff. So I do it and they start seeing results and, and they start seeing better results and then better results and then better results and then better results. And then I was like, oh, wow, I really want to invest in this. So if I do that, I have to make it numerical. I need to show them numbers like as if as if I'm going to show them the data. So I start pulling the Gallup data and I said, well, you know, that engaged employees are 21 percent more productive and they steal less shit from you, <laughs> you know, and there's way less turnover. And so and they could get that because that was the the, the vanity metrics they understood. So then I started running Q. I started running Q12. I started running ENPS data, and I numerically showed them. Here's our data, quarterly anonymous. And then I pulled the next quarter, and I'd say we're off 10 basis points here. We're up 12 basis points there. It's in these departments. Go pull the traditional KPIs. I want to see how much we're off. And you want to end up finding out, Fran. As much as I was up in engagement, is as much as I would be up in vanity metrics, and as much as there's a direct correlate. There's as much as I was down. You know that chapter eight is. I think it's chapter eight is dedicated to measurement, right? So I call it the alternate KPI dashboard. Wait a second. The key, the key purpose indicators. Are you talking about your chapter eight or my chapter eight? Because that's my chapter eight too. I don't know. Let's go check. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) How about you check my book and I'll check yours. I'm going to do that. Mine is, (laughs) and we'll read the title of the chapter. How about that? (laughs) If it's not chapter eight, Don, it's going to kill me. Oh, it's, it's, your, your eight for you is mergers and acquisitions. I, I, damn. Damn it. It's nine, right? Uh, let me pull. I'll go to nine. Measure your purpose, nine. Now okay, so eight. it's nine. Go to my eight. What's my eight? Your eight is how to prove that core values are not just fluff. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, so. Listen, what, get measured, what gets measured gets done, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't fix, you can't measure. If you don't measure it, you can't improve it, right? Peter Drucker. So. Oh, yeah. We got a question from the crowd. Uh, what do you think is the key? What is Fran? What do you think is the key to finding your core values? 
And Darius, do you agree? Oh, we're gonna. Oh, let's have. I like having Fran on my show. I get. I get to have like the little battle. This is awesome, Fran. You were right. Okay, so before I answer that question, I have a total pet peeve with the title of your book. Can can we talk about that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so if values are at the core of every individual, and you have teams of people. To, you know, that come together in a company, how do you manage to have core values in both instances? So wait, wait for it. I say values are at the core of every being, of every organization. That is completely true. However, in order to have incredible values at your company, they have to be shared by everybody. So they're shared values. But the only way that you can develop and identify really good shared values is if you understand everybody's individual values. Mm -hmm. Now, the leader of the company, visionary of the company, is really the anchor to those shared values. So the key influencing team around that visionary is really going to, they're going to complement and influence the visionary. But primarily, and you're going to see this, um, and we'll talk about strength finders in a second because you brought up Gallup already. I mean, they have got, they've got more data than pretty much anybody, but mm-hmm. pretty much anybody. Let's just leave it at that. And um, they prove over and over and over again what they do is tried and true. So I, lo- I love everything that Gallup does and stands for because they just are rudimentary in it. Put that aside for a second. Go back to the values piece. Every individual, if we knew what our values, the things that we value were, we would understand how we align to the values of the organization, how we complement and how we contrast. Mm -hmm. And that is pivotal right? To creating organized teams and maximizing efficiencies. Agreed. So my pet peeve is like their core, the core value equation is great. I love it. I like the book a lot. It's, you do incredible, you, you make it really easy for people to understand how to do this. However, for people to fundamentally understand how to come up with and how to, who to include and why, your core values should be nothing but unchanging. So five years, 10 years, whatever. So even when the visionary changes and we've seen companies, right, in Apple, right? We've seen tons of companies. We always default to Apple, but a bunch of others because it's just so well spoken about and so popular. But if the CEO doesn't, the incoming visionary, let's just leave the word CEO out. If the incoming visionary doesn't, have a really strong alignment with the last, things will change. It's done, yeah. Yeah, so what you knew about the company before will not be able to continue in the same way. But there are many instances of really aligned individuals that are passionate about their beliefs, maybe not in the touchy-feely passion kind of way, but are very strong. Again, it, it goes back to this sort of moral and ethical compass that is tied right back to your strengths. So there's a there's a little cheat sheet that I'm giving you here that you know should get you started on thinking about what are you good at? 
What do people come to you for? What are your superpowers, right? You spent, you spend hours taking people through, you know, tons of story recollection and questions I designed until I said, there's got to be a better way. And I, I'm going to say this was probably back in 2006, seven, eight. I really searched and vetted about 60 some odd assessments and really landed on Gallup. A, they have more data. Yep. It's a bit of science. It's a bit of psychology. I, I mean, there is nothing better than those, that those strength categories and the way that they have so beautifully identified not only their individual strengths at a high level, but, you know, complementary strengths and things that you can pair. It's just, it's there, it's, it's a fascinating and very, very uh, versatile system. I happen to use it for value definition as, as a very great shortcut for 45 minutes and 200 questions and about 20 bucks, you can get some insight back to you that you could never spend that money anywhere. And that's a great, and and by the way, it doesn't end there. You have to go a a layer deeper. If you want, you can, you can pair, you can understand, but there is a layer of a slog that you have to go through to pinpoint why you're in that category. Like you have to do the work to go, you know, peel back that onion to get to the center of goodness of that particular strength and how you, like you and I can have the same strength, but it, we, we demonstrate it very differently. And it's really important to understand what those differences are, because while we both might be positive people, I have a different sort of valuation of that or an, an action about it. And you do too, but we appreciate and value what we each bring and we share it. So when you have a company, an organizational set of values, they're shared. They have to be shared not only by the vision, the visionary has to share them out mm-hmm. and their key influencing team actually has to catch them and elevate them and share them out. And then you have to share them with your vendors and then you have to share them with your customers mm-hmm. because every time we have a conversation that's like, okay, tell me about your best customer. Why do they love you? Like, you know, and if I'm talking to one of those left brain guys. I'll be like, why did they give you $10 million last year right. or whatever? Like, yes, different conversations for different things, but we're getting to the emotion of it. And trust me, I have worked with some of the emotionless CEOs ever saying we're not emo, you know, we're not full of emotion. I'm like, really? All yeah. you care about is making my life easy. Easy. Yeah. How is that not emotional? I am attached to doing things easy. You make my life easier. Your whole company is emotional. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, okay. Beings. That's an impossible. That's that, that it's an idiotic statement when people say stuff like that. But I, what, let me but you have you have to meet them where they are. Sorry. I, I know I'm giving you a lot of stuff. No, 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 no. I, I, so I'm gonna say this. So the title of the book is, is essentially this. And I'm going to tell you my thoughts on how I believe you can get everything you said plus what, I, what I'm saying. The title of the book basically alludes to that core values have the opportunity to become a language for the organization, which represents their values. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a centering point. It's not static. It's fluid. It moves. But the, the values themselves need to be established and they need to become a asset that that is like a fixture. I call it the hundred year rule in my book. Mm-hmm. Like hundred years from now, they need to be just as relevant as they are, as they are now. It needs to go deep enough, and you need to peel the onion back enough, 
And I'm not like married to the process of discovery. Like we could use your system, mission to Mars, whatever. As long as you get to what you are, unapologetically what you are. That mission to Mars won't get you there alone. Yeah, I don't use Mission to Mars, so but I know other people that like it. Maybe it's part of it's around how good is the facilitator at getting you there, right? For sure, because they're always going to pull things deeper, right? So, you know, when you Google core values exercise, um, I dare to know how many hundreds of thousands of exercises there actually are. But if you don't have a bit of psychology and a bit of data wrapped with a bit of emotion, you are not going to, you're not going to get to the right essence. Mm-hmm. out of the park. And that's the most important takeaway that I can, you know, give you. Don't just Google it. You have to do the work. Yeah. You're going to well, have I, to read I, I, our books in order to do yeah. it. But they're there, right? It's not difficult. I, I actually think unless you really, really have a strong EQ and you have a really great awareness and you can detach yourself from the process, it's a mistake not to bring in somebody who's unbiased, who really knows how to dig. So I always tell people, you should do that. I have a course that I'm that that we help people get there that I'm launching. But I, I will say, and that's probably for smaller businesses, is not for big business. Big business, you're an idiot if you don't bring somebody in that really knows what the hell they're doing. So the discovery part, I'm actually pretty agnostic as long as they know what the hell they're doing and get you to what you are unapologetically at your mm-hmm. core. Because exactly. and the key word there is unapologetically. Because if someone shows up and it's different than what you say you are. You, it's like, it's like dating someone and they say they're doing something, they are something and they're not like you instantly. You're like, Whoa, Whoa, man. Like there's your stomach feels it. Your body feels it. Your brain feels it. You go, I don't think I want to go as deep with this person. You might have a few fun and games and mess around or whatever, but I'm not fucking marrying that person unless you're an idiot. Right. So, and there, there are idiots out there. Don't get me wrong. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things. Pizza, pink unicorns, core values, and down and dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, the biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment. And you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S Scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there, you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end. And it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's DariusScale.com. And now back to the show. So the the book says the core values, the equation essentially is that if you follow it, it can become the language of the organization. Now going to what you're saying, which is individuals have core values. And in the book, I have a quote, which is a, a friend of mine, Summer Thoman taught me, which is companies don't have core values. People have core values. And really, and now we could argue that a company is a person, a legal person, but it is an organism of people that come together mm-hmm. and form this common set of values. And it starts from the top. 
What is the leadership to your point, the anchor values and those tertiary values, those all kind of come together based on time, place, culturally what's happening in the world into some set of values that people say, this is what we are, right? So what I do, and this is my strongest belief, if you really want people to connect is A, vet for value fit, right? Unapologetically in both directions. And first, people, first and always. Yeah. And people, dude, people don't get that. So they'll lie their way in. So you have to like, make sure you don't, you got to do them the favor and not let them in mm-hmm. and, and do yourself the favor and don't let them in. So, so it's, it's your job. You got to read between the lines. I do this by the way on LinkedIn. I'm a big recruiter for all my, my, my C-level. It's not about what they have on their resume. It's about what they don't have on their resume that they're hiding from me. That's how I look at this. When I'm recruiting, it's what are they not telling me that I want to know? That's the job of a recruiting process, FYI people. So what I'm doing is what are they what are they not telling me? Because I want to make sure for their sake and for mine that it's a value fit. But I will tell you this, and this is this is my magic. And I haven't, it's not in my book. This is just between you and me. You keep it to to it's the grave, tell whoever you want. I don't care. It's all about this. When you get them to show up, you got to, there's a big give. And I'm all about what's called the give take. Mm-hmm. And what I do with my team is I have a really, really immersive process for basically bringing them into the organization and rolling out the core values. And the first thing I do, which you're going to love, is I teach them their strengths in a really meaningful way. Yep. I teach the team their strengths because most people don't know Strength Finder. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm like an undercover expert on Strength Finder. I, I mean, I know, I know strengths down like really, really, really deep, right? What's so, your favorite strength? <sighs> woo, baby. Oh, my God. I have woo envy. <laughs> Everybody has woo envy. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Like my best friend has it. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm a little bit and seven out of eight of us have woo. It's like the best time ever. Oh my um, God. You never get anything done. <laughs> we just like love on each other. Um, no, but I teach them their strengths and then I teach them their values. I have them go through a values exercise and, and part of, because we've done the homework up front, part of the recruiting process is talking heavily about their values and, mm-hmm. and, and they don't know their values necessarily perfectly, but it's having a meaningful conversation about it. But it's really talking about our values and being unapologetic and saying, we don't want you here if this doesn't sound amazing to you. We really don't want you here because you're going to quit or we're going to fire you. And I, I use language like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, hey, at least I set the precedent. And at least if they're lying, then it's, that's on them. Now they show up because sometimes people lie. They want the job, right? Oh, it's a cool place to work. Best place to work. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I like to work hard, even though the, their definition of working hard is way different than mine, right? And then they show up and they're not working as hard. And six months later, they're out, you know? But what I do is I have a process where it's teach them their strengths, teach them their values. What that does, Fran, is their brain softens. And they go, I trust this organization. Yep. That oxytocin exchange happens, right? Yep. And then I te- then this is the key. Then I go deep on my values as a company. And I let them play with them and learn them and play with the language of the values. And then last but not least, we, we call it me and company. We, I say, grab your values you learned, grab the company values and tell me how they connect because they always connect in some way. So when you think about that, right? Like I disagree with everything you just said, not, (laughs) but it's just, it's amazing because like where you're coming from two worlds and you know, there's chocolate and peanut butter here for sure. It's definitely a party for both of us. I know. Um, So I think about it again, just using slightly different words, right? So 
oh my gosh, you should, you should try to apply for a job here. Like if we, we just, it's so hard. I, dude, we make wanna, you work so hard I, I <laughs> to even get an interview with anyone yeah, here. That's good. It's, it's a, it's a complete, I, you know what? Um, it was amazing because we stumbled on this uh, out of necessity a number of years ago. Uh, one of our, one of our team leads was actually decided she was taking a three month sabbatical, which probably gave me a car nori. But she's like, "Don't worry, I'm I'm go- I'm going to get you covered before I go." And the, da, 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 whatever. And while we were looking for another position, she like absolutely dreamed up like the hardest way to just like repel, 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 repel people from coming. But the right people will get through. Mm-hmm. And I remember being. Um, I, I remember thinking she was crazy for doing this. Like we didn't have this kind of time. And by the time she was kind of done through the vetting process it, it, and it's work, don't get me wrong. Um, we had like 12 applicants. I'm like, wouldn't you want to like get closer to one of 12 instead of one of 65. And then I remember going to some networking event going, Oh yeah, we're hiring. Did it on. I got like 82 resumes. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't want to go through 82 resumes. Like that's insane. And then I, I really understood, I don't know what all clicked, but everybody we've ever taken through the process in that way, it's like, you know, it's like, no, yeah, we're hiring, but no, no, you know, you can't get in. No. And it's really about, you have to reveal yourself. If you don't, you're never going to get on the phone with anybody here. No one's going to call you back. Just yep. really simple. You don't play like this is dating. You don't want to reveal it. No problem. We're good. But it's a two way street. And when they finally get to me to interview them, I'm like, okay. Like I look at that. I look at their resume that they so proudly hand me. I fold. I don't read it. I fold it. I've never seen it before. I fold it up and I'm like, okay, this is very unconventional. Tell me about when you grow up, you know. And then I just go through my list of questions that we've, you know, devised over the years. And it really is about fit. I'm like, am I going to like you? Are you going to like me or think you're crazy? Because if you think I'm crazy, you really won't like it here. Totally. And by the way, I am crazy, so it doesn't matter. Like it's a prerequisite when you're dealing with, you know, type A entrepreneurs. But um, when I think about the the larger organizations and why we've been able and successful to go in and start at the team versus the brand level, because it's an umbrella, right? So you've got the overarching uh, organizational shared values. You have individual teams that have shared values amongst their own team members that absolutely directly correlate and connect to the organizational values. And that's really where the work happens. So, you know, I love doing that work just because you see the ripple effect and productivity. And what's what's really fun is when you go into a large company um, and you do some work with one team and all of a sudden their profitability ticks and like right. we're going out to drinks at five o'clock and they're like bonding and doing their thing. And they're, they're really, they're increasing their productivity by and large. Inevitably, there's a direct correlation between profitability. And then, you know, you get to the quarterly and the CFO starts like, uh, yeah, but like team A over there. They're not doing so well. Team B, yeah, they're chugging along. They got some good opportunities, but Team C, Team C over here, they ain't no C. They're kicking ass. And why? And they want to know what's going on. So then everybody starts talking like, oh, well, we did some team building stuff, da, 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 whatever. And we understood how we connected, understood where we're going, got clear direction. Everybody understood how they would work together, where they align. That's the, the beauty about the individual value exploration. But it, I couldn't agree more. The starting point is your strengths. 
Yeah, and, and I will tell you that the other thing that, that I, I don't know how you feel about this. We have a question for you about strains, but before we go there, I believe you have to operationalize the language once you have it. And so, oh, sure. so, so like the way we did it was we took it into, let's say we use the EOS level 10. And I said, every single, every single thing we're working on here has to be attached to a value or so there's no reason for us to be working on it. Uh, and then, and you get people to start using the language of it. And then yeah. the, the accountability starts to, so you're attaching accountability to language. And then before you know it, people are using that language and it, you get that invisible manager, that invisible scale, and it goes viral. That's what I think of. That's where the magic happens at scale in my book. That's what you call culture. You right. Know, right. So, so you can't, you can't hire a culture specialist. No. Um, I mean, you can, but why, why do you need to, right? I, I, I think it's a mistake, actually. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. You want me, want me no, to, I, unless you can, I just think it's a waste of money. I don't know. Oh, I thought you were I mean, saying, like, oh shit. I thought you were saying that you, that, that worked. With um, a culture person. No. Like, what do you mean you're fucking hiring culture? No, and it only works, and there's only one or two firms that I've seen that really focus on values, and that's how they elevate it. So that's the right direction. Sure. But listen, a, don't get confused. Amplifier. Cor yeah, corporate responsibility, cor corporate CSR, corporate social responsibility is has nothing to do with your values. No. You know, listen, I love the um the SDGs, the the um, the UN, the seventeen. Oh my gosh, why am I blinking right now? I know what you're talking about the sustainable goals. Right, they're great because they outline so much and give you so much framework in how you need to work and look inwardly. But people still don't know how to get in touch with their own purpose or why, so they can actually activate them. So there's still a bit of a disconnect. And they're still, you know, and you're right, early adopters, like B Corps, they get it. They get, they know that in order to do well, you have to do good. You have to really value someone's contribution to your organization. Or why should they have energy to get up in the morning and come do whatever it is that they do? Why should they contribute their knowledge and their experience to further your goals? It has to further the goals and the dreams of the organization. And that is far more fulfilling. And God knows we have really all been given up this wake up call, you know, that life, life is precious. And if we don't, if we don't take, if we don't appreciate what we have in a way that we have it, we have an opportunity, unfortunately, to lose it relatively quickly, which is why there's so much, you know, preventative everything when it comes to the pandemic and why we're trying to be safe and, you know, zoom. Oh my God, I've been zooming for six years. And everybody's like, it's, it's like, it's an action. It just became like bounty paper talent, you know, band-aids yeah. zooming, right. We've been FaceTiming forever, but yet zoom has been, has now the way. So we have to now adapt to this. There's no more water cooler. The water cooler is behind a zoom screen. How are you going to, how are you going to deal with that? I think there's going to be a big uh, pushback to people going back in the offices to a certain degree. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it'll ever go back the same yeah. way, but I, I agree. I agree. there is, there is, there is tremendous value in interpersonal relationships sure. and, you know, energy. And there's so much, you know, so much value to being in person, obviously safely, 
right. you absolutely can have an intimate conversation over Zoom. You can have an interactive conversation over Zoom as everyone is struggling, right, to put a symposium online and put a, you know, a conference online and, uh, you know, and find really different interesting ways to network online with people you don't know. But if you lean into it, we'll defy. We're going to work with what we have. If we can't yeah. meet in person, we're going to find a way. It's right? the next best thing. I I, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I mean, listen, I would love to be hanging out with you with like, hell's I don't yeah. know, something over ice. But, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, we here I got. That's that. I got yeah. a glass. Yeah, one, one, Fran, it'll happen because I love New York and we'll, we'll, we'll get to hang out. In, in, in person. I have I have all I have no doubt. I have absolutely no doubt. But going back to core values, because I got really off on a tangent there. Oh, it's all good. Um, um, it They're really just like, if you would just, so, and I'll, here, I'll give you a second bit of value, right? So uh, we, to your point, we're a, a growth agency completely focused on growth. And what that, what that shift has done for us in the last couple of months has really helped um, me manage the impatience of entrepreneurs because I've got them focused on results, right. not activities. And I'm like, I feel a little free instead of going, oh my gosh, there's, you know, LinkedIn, this is like where are, I'm like, do me a favor. You don't really care how I deliver this, right? Here's the metrics. Here's the KPIs. Here's what you want us to do. We're going to help you grow. We're going to find new markets. We're going to help you define new opportunities. Do you really care how we do it? Do you really, really care? Like, don't you have better things to do? And honestly, that complete approach, just our services didn't really change. We're just actually speaking about them incredibly differently. And the focus is really on the end game. Not, you know, it's it's what we're able to achieve versus how we got there. And there's right. so much less. It's funny. There's so much less pressure because I don't have to educate because God knows these, you know, smaller entrepreneurs, and I don't mean they're small, but they're very involved. And we we sure. all are guilty of wanting to be part of, you know, this, the creative attraction, because it's, it's sexy. Right. But what's really cool about your values is that they are, to me, they're a marketing picking ground. If you have clear values, mm -hmm. clear shared values, you're looking for, remember, you're aligning your team. If you're really advanced, you start vetting your vendors the same way. Mm -hmm. And if you really examine who your favorite customers and clients really are, I guarantee you, if you look for the alignment in your values, you're going to find it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's the gold mine, right? It's such a natural, you know, reverse engineer to talk about use values as the absolutely underpinning for all of your communications to attract the right people to you. Totally. So, you know, now we just have to get really creative about it and how we can stand out, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. But when you think about like, okay, you wrote a book on core values. I own an agency. I wrote a book on, you know, how to lead a values-based professional services firm. Like, okay, that's leadership. Why? Why? Because it's the leader's responsibility to actually uncover and activate and infuse all of those things. So you have to put all of these things together. It's your responsibility and you will have far more 
richer conversations with your CMO or your marketing director or your agency, trying to focus on attracting the people that are most like you and where these personas actually live and where they play and where they communicate. That'll be far more valuable for you as a leader. So it's, you know, I just keep going, you know, if you just have the really good, clear values, they will jump off the walls. They will live, they will live in the organization as a living, breathing thing. Yeah. They, I, I say they become the air, the oxygen in the air of the organization. And I'll tell you one thing I found, which was, again, this is coming from mortgage banking, mortgage servicing and mortgage banking, like literally the least sexy, sorry, mortgage people. This is the you're in the least <laughs> sexy industry in the whole world. Like, you know, how many times I've told people I'm in the mortgage business and I've watched the disappointment drip out of their eyes. And I'm unless like, you're, unless you're Robert Wagnon, he's really <laughs> cool. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what I, one thing I noticed, which was really amazing for me to to dovetail off what you said, and then I'm going to ask this question because it was we're running short on time, and I want to get this question to you from the from the audience. I found that when I was effectively able to make the core values come to life, and for me, I know they've come to life when they become the language of the organization. That's when I'm like, okay, we're there. Now you got to make you got to maintain it, but like you hear people using it. There's language. It's in interactions. There's a lot of ways that in my book, and I'm sure in your book, you talk about these different ways to like make them come to life. And so what I found, this is out there for all you left brain, like I want to see results people, which by the way, in my opinion, every problem and every result you have in your, in your life and in your business is a direct reflection of the core values that are out there. That is, I will die on in my grave thinking that. Yep. And so what I found was my hardcore salespeople they began using the language of all the values. They began to use, that was their selling point was we're about, because they, they love it because they got to talk about something fucking different than product. Okay, but that's that's the magic, right? So, you know, the typical journey through advantages is you come in because you have a big issue you need to resolve. I mean, we used to say it was trade show booths at times. It's, I mean, listen, right now we're living in a digital world. There's not one client that we're not revamping re-energizing, re-shifting strategy and market opportunity through their website, right? Because it, it literally is your brick and mortar in the sky. Right. And, you know, once we adjust that and fix that to align with the language, align with the values so that, again, you're not going, you're not speaking to them in an inside out kind of way. Hey, we sell this and it's better, cheaper, faster. And, oh, by, you know, oh, by the way, we believe in this. You're going like, here's what we believe in and here's why we're different. And this, oh, by the way, this is what we make or sell or do. Right. So it's a whole different, it's a whole different piece. Of course it is. Cause you're learning to speak from the inside out. You're learning to speak, starting with purpose and starting with your why. And that is critical to attracting and repelling, right? So people buy from people they like and earn trust. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not talking about small transactions, but bigger no. transactions, they the still buy from people. Right. I'm like, oh, I gosh, I wish we we're going to have to do a part two on this. Yeah, one, but... yeah, let's just plan on a part two, because I'm like, we're like halfway through this conversation. <laughs> so, I feel like we're rushing through the end. So why I know we, I don't want to do it. Part two, so we don't need to, like, get too stuck here. Is that cool? It's not what you sell. It's what you stand for. That's really the bottom line. I mean, it's it's really true. And it's exactly what happens. We start with a website. We go back into oh, and this is how we got to the leadership component, like proving that I needed that the book was really needed to happen. But um, the CEO would go, you really helped us with website. And now we've got more engagement. And 
oh, but there's a disconnect between my sales team. Could you, could you make them a new sales kit, right? We're an agency, go make them something. And I'm like, no, what you're really asking me to do is to actually align them right. to the values, which really are your differentiating value properties. You can't get more marketing speak than that. They are, your values are exactly what make you different. Right. That's how your delivery, you're different. So let's exploit that. Let's use that. Let's put it out in the world, stand up for it and repel all the stuff that doesn't work. So stay yeah. tuned for part two. Um, yeah, part two. And I'm, I'm going to end on this because there's a question I want to ask you, but I think we're, we're mm -hmm. running out of time here. So just tell me yes or no, if you agree with this and then we can, mm -hmm. um, and then we'll, we'll save it for part two. There's a question though, Fran, what strengths do you have on the Gallup test? Do you know, what are your top five strengths? Can you guess them? Cause you're so ingrained in them. Oh, it's, you know, oh, come on. I learn though, your top 10 really show up like, obviously I think that I actually think is communication in your top five. Yep. That's okay. one, one down four to go. Keep going. Relator. Nope. Oh, um, competition. Yep. Oh, <laughs> that's two. Keep going. Go for one more. Strategic. Mm -mm. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, but I, I do have significance. Oh, so, so um, <laughs> you so it's kind of bigger. Significance in your top five. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's like the kids of that. <laughs> Pretty much. That's a, I gotta, I gotta send you presents. Tell you how amazing you are all the time. Um, <laughs> that'll be easy. Uh, you got, you do have it. I knew I should have known. I didn't. <laughs> Significance and last one, positivity. Oh, I love your strengths, but it's hard to guess top five. I can always guess top ten though. That's that's uh, I, I I like doing the top seventeen for people, but top ten tells says a hell of a lot about what people are. Well, you know that you as you achieve greatness and as you as your life experience you know adds to your richness, whether it be traumatic for good reasons or bad, you know, when you have true milestones, you tend to hone your strengths. So they tend to fluctuate a little bit. Right. Um, I actually don't encourage people to take their 35, you know, 34, 35. Oh gosh. Gallup yeah, will kill me. 34. Um, because it's, it's not about focusing on all of that. It's no. really just honing in the pieces and I'm very attached to mine. And I know that it's very possible relator is just under the cusp of that. And there's a few that really constantly show up. But like I said, there's four categories. There's deeper pairings, which is why you'll go relator significance. Like there's, you know, competition and achiever. There's a, there's a lot of pairings and it just, it's what are your, fundamental what are your two, goodness. What are your two dominant themes in your top, in your top 10, top 17? Do you know, like, like I'm influencer strategic. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I got seven. In, I got influencer six. and strategic. Is that what you have to? Yeah. That's why we love each other. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. Yeah, we I, I change have... the world through core values. Yeah, thirteen of my top seventeen are other strategic or influencers. It's it's insane. I have one execution strength in my top ten, and it's achiever. That's it. It's and, and it's my number one. And it and it it riles competition every day. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, competition's like number seven. It's still up there for me, but it's 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 I temper it. It's like yeah. number eight. It like digs at me, but I'm like, hey, calm down, bud. I'm good. I know, but it doesn't even matter. Like the numbers don't matter, right? It's just where you elevate and you know, watching that's why I say the top five are are really all you need. Um, everything else will fight to get there. Yeah, I like them because I can like really understand someone when I read them. Mm -hmm. 
And so for me, it's, it's more of like a management tool where if I have to manage someone or work with someone, I'm like, dude, I really want to understand what makes them tick so I can have a better relationship with them. Hey, there is a, a an incredibly valuable opportunity to look at strength and strength finders coaches uh, to really manage teams in a big way. They do a lot of phenomenal work through the sort of team coaching, you know, avenue and their stuff is great. So yeah, they do absolutely utilize um, all 34, at least the top 15, you know, when you're putting teams together or trying to understand the nuances, especially in larger companies. So I, I don't poo-poo it in any way. Um, I'm very close to a number of, you know, really higher ups, if you will, and very influential, you know, doers in the in the decision making process of I don't know of of do all do all things strengths and doing great things at work at Gallup, mm-hmm. um, you know, just proving out the white paper for them, going from morals and ethics to strengths to values, it, you know, was kind of mind blowing when I, you know, really approached them when they started doing their summit and then spoke there and did a bunch of stuff and keep talking to them. And Uh, and it's it's great. I want you to make intros for me with them. I can do that. I'm going to leverage you on that one. (laughs) No problem. Um, I I know you got to run. And and so, well, the one question I was going to ask you, and this is not like, we just have so much more to talk about. So we're going to have a part two, but I I have made a proclamation. Mm-hmm. And I just want to hear your two cents on it. And then I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can find you and then we'll get it wrapped up. My proclamation is I believe by 2030, mission, vision, and value-based organizations will win in every single category that they're in. And they will kick everyone. They will kick the competition's ass, like without question. Why by 2030? Ah! <laughs> yes. That's a, the best answer of the day. Um, Fran, what a treat. I love having you on this. This is so fun. Listen, Darius, we have a lot of things to do together in, in the yeah. future. I, I, I'm sure my competition is completely activated on our core values workshop. You know, we, it's just, it's the number one, I don't know. It's the number one product that absolutely gives me complete joy watching people in a room. Like I call them popcorn eyes when they get it, when they understand mm-hmm. it and like, oh my God, they have the clarity of the essence. Maybe they don't have the words by the time they're done right. exactly, but like, God, be a little forgiving, man. Just get to the essence and then really start, you know, leaning into it. And then you'll see when there's commonality of language that's repeatable, it becomes memorable. And it's just, it's so great to watch all of these companies by 2025. I I think 2030 is too long. Yeah. Um, You know, just really get there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to change it. I, I, my goal is to have a mil to build a million core value driven organizations by 2030, but but maybe okay. I'm, maybe I'm, that's 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 impressive. That's my I, and I'm going to help you. Yeah, we're going to do it together. Absolutely, I'm um, all in. You're you're my sister from another mista. Um, Absolutely, what, Fran. Where do where do people find you? Um, let's give them, and I'll make sure the team puts it in the in the chat so people know where to where to look you up and connect with you. Absolutely. So the first thing is, I would say, find me at threekeysbook.com because that's you know you're going to get some fun videos and stories about the book. And that's really what you need. Um, And if you want to find us um, on the growth side of the agency, you can find us at advantages.net. And of course you connect with me on LinkedIn um, or Facebook. I'm on TikTok too, but like, that's just like stalking. 
Hey, listen, I'm on TikTok. You can check my, uh, I got some good stuff on there. I have a 12 year old that's killing me. But... <laughs> my 10 year old, my 10 year old was pumped that he saw me get on TikTok. Um, but it's not, the real, it's, it's not the real dairy. It's, I call it the Darius show. That's <laughs> fair enough. It's a whole other version. <laughs> uh, you know, what's funny is it's not really. <laughs> well, it's a whole other version of yourself. And as I would suspect, you are true to who you are. And therefore, you are exactly where you need to be, exactly the way you need to be at all times. I'm with you, honey. You are you are you are <laughs> such a I'm so grateful to have you on the show and to get to know you. And by the way, we became friends because of COVID. If COVID uh, didn't happen, I wouldn't have been gone crazy on my book launch, which wouldn't have I wouldn't have asked a friend of ours, Karen, to make an intro to you. And then I wouldn't have stopped. Um, so I was actually going to say Mary Ellen. I don't know. Oh. Mary Evelyn is the one. Did I say Mary Ellen? I Sorry. didn't mean to do that. So Mary Evelyn um, is absolutely our matchmaker here. And I wanted to give her a shout out and say, God, does she know me so well? And I just, I love her. And, you know, thank you for thinking of me and connecting me with Darius. So, so our, I, the world is going to be greater for it. I didn't tell you, Karen Saints was the first person that told me your name. And Mary Evelyn was the second person and she's in my forum. And that's your very white. Mary, Mary Evelyn, I owe you a big hug when I see you. Uh, guys, uh, we got one more show today. Uh, join us this afternoon. Uh, can't wait. I don't know if it can get better than this. This is like amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, follow me at the real Darius M on Facebook to watch the shows, follow, like all those things so that it shows up in your feed. Number one, number two, you can go to the real Darius on the YouTube channel, uh, the core value equation, September 15th, we come out. Thanks, honey. And last but not least, the real Darius.com for all the social schmiggity schmaggity, and you can sign up there and we send updates through there. So guys, we'll see you later. Thank you so much, friend. Big hugs. Peace. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Guys, The Greatness Machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world, and we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from, and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, you'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster, show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons, and you will also get links that came out during the show. So on there, look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We out of here. See you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. 
I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam, on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.